Now, this was how it happened for countless winters. Those who were skilled in war learned more effective ways of combat. Those who were skilled in peace learned more effective ways also, so that the changes and patterns of harm to others were not only more effective harm, but also ways where disagreements might be more gently settled. And the changes were many and varied from time to time so that not only more careful designs for war clubs were devised, but ways also they might be used to do less harm. And speaking of this from time to time encouraged both peoples to value the strength of arm and quickness of eye, which enabled a clear victory, yet no death to all, and from time to time this was the nature of any battle. Yet again would circumstance change, so that anger was greater, and therefore offense also, so that many and not few lay still against the earth after any battle, and yet neither was war constant. Those who spoke for peace among us were often effective and would from time to time go out to learn other ways and other patterns of speech so that their words of peace might be more easily understood. And it came to be that these keepers of the peaceful way also went out to speak to other peoples in such clear tones that these same others understood them as a wise and just people so it was that they were often asked to come and bring their special understanding to some dispute or other, and in increasing ways over time. So were they also asked to mediate between one people and another, these peoples coming to understand their judgment as both equitable and free of any constraints imposed by personal concern. And these wise and peaceful persons made these things an invariable and inherent part of all they did. They let no self-interest enter into any, any judgment, neither let any interest of your own people cloud your eyes, weigh with even hands the benefit to all parties. See the peaceful way, seek the peaceful way, and beyond this many and beyond this they learned many skills, not only the patterns of speech acceptable to each, but ways of delaying decision past residual anger, perhaps arriving later than expected with many tales of dire delays which turned anger to interest and allowed some greater distance between grievance and aggrieved so that their final recommendation might be more easily accepted. They learned also many ways of describing a similar circumstance and what resulted that time so that all parties were attracted along the descriptive path, walking unawares beside a mind image designed to lend some greater understanding. They sang these songs so well that all who listened gained greater understanding and sometimes agreed among themselves before even these wise ones heard their tellings. 
this they learn to do so well that often they begin any such judgment with a time for singing general songs, some few of which were chosen for the specific learning needed in this circumstance. And now they began a way of sending the storytellers first with those who adjudicated following after so that when they spoke, they spoke to ears that had learned to listen for when still some contest was desired, they would recommend some game or other that was usually played or some specific measure for the completion of some task of extraordinary difficulty so that some gentle judgment was found for those who succeeded that day. Remembering always, the next day might see a different success. And beyond these games of measured possibility lay still another choice. Also, some test beyond the peoples assembled would be made of peace or war. Whether doves suddenly produced from apparent nothingness and released in the general council circle flew up toward peace or down toward conflagration. And their predilection was to beat the air with strident wings climbing toward peace. All these skills and more were developed by the keepers of the peaceful way so that even where there was war, their voice was heard. In the nature of the limits and the vigor to the vigor of the hostilities or on the number involved, and yet it was not enough, for war still came and went among a people determined to keep their place on the land and a people determined to prevent it, so that the keepers of the peaceful way began to speak among those who knew the ways of war. How it was their judgment, those harmful ways would wisely cease, for it was not only harm in war the people learned, but harm at war's end. This was the way of it. This neighboring people had a way after war of treating those captured in a way they thought respectful. As strength and fearlessness in war were valued, so were strength and, and fearlessness at war's end. This was the way of it. This neighboring people had a way after war of threatening those captured in a way they thought respectful. As strength and fearlessness in war are valued, so are strength and fearlessness at war's end. For these captives were called on in various ways to show both strength and fearlessness as their bodies were slowly destroyed. Now, for a people who valued this warring way, this may have merit. But for a people who value also the way of peace, this is a great confusion, and the people were not resolved. There were those who saw strength in resisting such behavior. There were those who saw no strength in resisting such behavior. 
and from time to time either way was tried until it was learned that showing only kindness to captives earned no respect at all. Rather, greater harm to our own people was the result. Without a test of bravery, this other people saw their men as treated without respect. Without a test of bravery, this other people saw their men as treated without respect, and this anger poured forth on our own people, and their fate was decided. So bit by bit, the people were discouraged from kindness in this way and encouraged toward tests of bravery, which gave great harm to the person being tested. No heart was content with this among our people, yet over time, few indeed argued that it wasn't a good way, because it was a good way, and they, this other people respected us more for it, until at last it came to be our regular way too. Now, there was one other manner we learned from this other people, their custom of marking the skin with sharp points and dark dye. It came to be that many of our people also marked their skin in this manner. Those who left, I'm sorry, those who kept the peaceful way kept also the longest memory, as it was less likely their might, lives might be shortened by war. So it was considered wise that they keep all ancient tellings in this manner with some new separation engendered between the people and their own memories as the people began to forget the ancient way so did they also begin to forget a time when no one at all purposed any harm to any brother they began to forget that there was a time when nobody wanted to hurt each other so this reality began to seem a distant and improbable past. And so it is for those who do not keep their own memories. The keepers of the peaceful way, however, kept also these memories and knew them well. For them as for us now, both what was and what is were equally clear. They saw both both. These peaceful ones saw both the peaceful and the afflicted circumstance as if with either eye. Neither did this vision engender any joy, for they saw what was and they saw what could be, and they wondered much at this time another thing began to occur, for the people had flourished in this circumstance. New communities formed increasingly westward until one place or another the people lived along the southern shore of this beautiful lake. And from these three first parent communities, both children and grandchildren were born so that each became its own nation with its own ways. This was seen as good. They lived to the east and west and center. That nation, which was easternmost, was called the Keeper of the Eastern Door. The nation westernmost was called Keeper of the Western Door. That which was dwelt between was called the Center Keeper. 
Now the keepers of the western door had learned ways to talk to their neighboring people who lived to the north and also west. It came to be that these two peoples over time began to speak regularly to one another. And also these two peoples exchanged learning ones, some staying to settle within either nation so that one people and the other began to call each other cousin. Now it was the custom of all peoples to the north of this beautiful lake from its eastern to its western shore to meet in general consultation every third summer. In this manner were the arguing people we first met who lived to the north and the eastern edge of this lake joined in council with our new cousins who lived to the north of its western shore. Their place for this meeting was an island in the Great Lake to the west, beyond our own, which was kept free from any habitation, so that hunting there was good at such times. This is how it happened every third year. Groups and whole communities would arrive, representing their place and its other communities, even from the northern shore of Beautiful Lake they came. And those to arrive first had first choice of location and easiest hunting. Those to arrive last had no choice and perhaps no hunting at all. In years when many came in representation, some of necessity formed their group along the shore of the lake and came by watercraft each day to council. Now this struck the keepers of the western door as a great step toward peace. Especially did they wonder how it was that people so often at work could at such times behave, behave in such peaceful and cooperative ways. So they asked their new and increasing cousins about it. These cousins had answered that the proclivity to war varied among people with those most close kept by some circumstance or other finding war as a way easier. At this time, it was not so. Between these, this new cousin people and the keepers of the Western Door, for they lived together in peace and in increasing harmony, it seemed to our new cousin people that those of us, they called their cousins, these at least should wisely be invited to one such summer meeting. And yet when they spoke for this, their brother people north of the eastern and beautiful lake spoke against it. They spoke against our people, whom they called usurpers. They spoke against our varying ways and against our presence in any summer meeting of these brother peoples. And yet our cousins answered them. Her cousin spoke again. They told of much learning, of corn that grows when deer sometimes wander, of peaceful ways within a great long house, of children and grandchildren who might live to a wise old age if peace would only come. They spoke with such eloquence and candor that all heard them. Yet this inclusion of a differing people seemed strange to many. None remembered when such had been done. 
And so it was that none but this cousin people spoke for this, and no agreement was reached.